As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. And I'm with my co-host, as usual, former Braves reliever Eric O'Flaherty out in Washington. Walla Walla, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that it? Made a move. What's up with Walla Walla, man? How's it going? It's good. We're still we're still getting settled, moving in and everything. But um, a lot calmer out here. A lot more time in our hands. You've been watching any ball games? You had time. I haven't. I've been packing, I feel like, for two months straight, trying to get our house, you know, the one in Seattle packed up and get the kids out and then driving back and forth. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I watched one. I saw actually one play um, or two plays that that center fielder, Harris. Oh, yeah. I saw him make a make a took a walk and then he made a good catch at the wall. But that's all I've seen. You know, I watched one inning and he did something. Michael Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Trey Harris had a nice throw the other day, too, from yeah. left field. That guy's worked himself. I think he's going to be a good fourth outfielder, Trey Harris. Or he could start for a lesser team. But Yeah. Hey, is there a Final Four uh, fervor in, in Washington now for Gonzaga? I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, I haven't paid attention to the thing the last, like, two or three weeks. <laughs> I've checked out of the tournament now, now that my uh, now that my Jayhawks totally face-planted and shit the bed. I'm uh, – I'm not watching anymore. (laughs) At least I'm going to try not to. Uh, Anyway, let's get to it here. I wanted to start by talking about, you know, this this, uh, Sports Illustrated is not doing anything for the narrative of the anti-Braves bias that a lot of Braves fans think there is with media, national media, which, of course, there's not. (laughs) But Sports Illustrated pretty much put the uh, squelched any of that with their – in the baseball preview issue, it's got Francisco Lindor on the cover. But inside, in their predictions, they have the Braves over the Yankees for the World Series. And it's like a Braves revenge tour if it goes the way they have it. Because they got Braves over the Cardinals in the division series. First of all, they got Mets over Padres in the wild card. Then they got Braves over the Cardinals division series. Braves over the Dodgers in the NLCS. And Braves over the Yankees in a World Series, you would kill some. Uh, 
you would get rid of some demons if that were to happen, if you're the Braves. But that's a tough road right there. <laughs> some game away last year, though. Exactly. You know, from, from doing the whole thing. And they, they had that series won. So it's not, you know, it's not an extremely bold prediction. No. But obviously, it's the Dodgers you got to get past, unless the, uh, unless the Padres, you know, kind of surprise everybody. But Dodgers are a team to beat. I think the Dodgers would have to have bets a bets type injury yeah to prevent them from winning that division uh the Padres are really good but the Dodgers just have so much so much depth up and down mm-hmm. you know so much more star power and such a better rotation I think than uh than the Padres do I still think there's a pretty significant gap between the two I know I know the Padres got some glamour guys and threw a lot yeah. of money around but the Dodgers are still loaded and experience Having- too you know, I mean, I think that's what you saw in, in the NL uh, Championship Series last year was totally the Dodgers right. just, I mean, just haven't been there before. There was no panic, and they just kept putting together tough at-bats and won that series. And that's what I like now about the Braves is they had been some there. experience, but now they got real experience because they yeah. had, you know, most of the team had been beaten twice in the division series. I mean, that's a limited experience, you know, and it's and it's kind of bad experience. I mean, you go, we still got a long way to go. But now they got so close, and a lot of these guys weren't even around for those for like the division series loss to the Dodgers when they got their asses kicked three years ago, two years ago. Uh, so they don't even know what that feels like. All they know is we should have won last year. We should have yeah, gone to the World they Series. They should have. Yeah, they were up two zero and up three one. But that's kind of the progression. Like if you saw the Dodgers right. come up short, come up short, come up short, and then finally get one. Yep. You know, if, if you're able to keep that group together and keep kind of chipping away and, and getting experience, you know, eventually. I think they'll get it. You know, it's funny. Everybody forgets that the Dodgers, how many times they failed and got there and failed. Because once you yeah. win it again, people Doesn't forget matter. that. Yep. If the Braves could do it, if they could win it again, people would stop talking about only one World Series, whatever. Once you get a second one, you yeah. know, then that, that you know, you, you, you stopped some of the talk last year by winning a couple of series. But you still ultimately blew that lead against the Dodgers. You'd have almost been better off in, in in the fans' views if you would have been behind 0-2 and 3-1 and gone to seven games and lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can Instead see of blowing the lead. Yeah. But that's the experience, you know, that that, that you learn from. You know, I yeah. mean I don't think the team got comfortable. I don't think they they coasted or anything and thought they had the series won, but just, you know, having been through it and knowing it's not over till it's over, you you kind of have that tendency to just step on their throat. And the way they lost, too, yeah. was what was bad. You know, the way they lost with the mistakes, which yeah. were so uncharacteristic of that Braves team. Base mm-hmm. running mistakes, a couple of fielding things, not getting the runners in, you know, for such a high-powered offense. In other words, they should have – they could have and should have won. Uh, it's not like the Dodgers just uh, were clearly better. Braves should have won the series. And yeah. they did it with a starting rotation that was Max Fried and three rookies. Yeah, yeah. That's different yeah, you now. Have, you got to assume you're going to have Soroka this year, so that changes everything. And you got Charlie Morton. Yep. Who's been the best postseason pitcher in the last decade. I don't think he's yep. going to all of a sudden get old. Right. You know, I mean, he pitched really well last year after the initial, after gotten out of the gate slow. He pitched well the rest of the year. And he's looked great this spring. So we'll see. And Drew Smiley, in his last outing, after having a really bad one, the one before that, his last outing, he was dominant. Uh, Thursday, five innings, really strong. So when you when you add what Bryce Wilson did in the in the postseason, the experience he's got now, how he's cut down the walks, 
just like this depth so much on this uh, in this pitching staff. Yeah, not, not in the bullpen, but the depth on the rotation, which will alleviate not having so much depth in the bullpen. I think you don't have the to be so deep. Depth can't be too bad if you're sending Webb down. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean they got some pretty good. They got some pretty good arms down there. Yeah, I think the bullpen's plenty deep as long as your starters could do what you think they should do, and, and, and you know, by going five, six, seven innings every night, eight innings some night instead of three yeah. and four. There were so many games last year where they only made three or four innings. People forget how many <laughs> third and fourth inning exits there were, and some yeah. sooner. That bullpen, you needed to go ten deep last year. You won't have to have that this year. You're not going to use four and five relievers every night this year. I mean, you'd assume that. The starters have more time to build up and and be back to a normal you know progression than last year was just a scramble all around. Yeah. Uh. So so you like what that? Just looking at the rest of their picks, they got uh in the AL they got the White Sox over the Angels, Yankees over the Twins in the division series, and then the Yankees over the White Sox. That'd be interesting in the championship series. White Sox had a big blow this week though with the with the uh, injury to Elo. I can't even pronounce his name. Pectoral. He's out. Uh. You got uh, Braves over Cardinals, Dodgers over Mets in the division series, then the Braves over the Dodgers. Uh, they got the Braves, they got predicted the Braves 92 and 70, which is about what I think. And, and Mets at 89 73 in second, three games back. Nationals at 88 and 74, four games back. Phillies 82 and 80, 10 games back. I like the predictions. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know that the Marlins are going to be as bad as they think, 71 and 91, 21 games back. But it's I, I like division. I like four teams over 500 for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the other interesting thing I thought in this uh, SI to go with uh, what I was saying about there not being uh, this bias that people think towards <laughs> against the Braves, uh, their MVP picks, a familiar guy out with the Angels, Mike Trout in the AL, but they've got a Cunha pick to win the MVP in the uh, NL. Sports Illustrated does. I'm not really going on a limb with nope. either one of those, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've already said, I think this is the year if he's healthy, he gets 40, 40. And I think he could push 45, 45. Well, if he gets 40, 40, there's a real good chance he could win MVP, even though that doesn't assure it. I think uh, the other guys that have done 40, 40 haven't, but for him on a, on a first place team, I think it would pretty much assure it. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to have a big lead too, you know, in the yeah. division or something, just send him every time he gets on base if he's got a shot at it. True. Very true. Or if he's still in at a high rate, you're going to be having him go a lot because it's helping a team. Yeah. Put him in, get him in scoring position right away for Freddie and Azuna coming up three and four and whoever's batting second is probably going to be Ozzy. There's a few things happening though that that could change a lot. I mean, supposedly they they deaden the balls a little bit. Yeah, and they're supposed to be at least attempting to to monitor pine tar now, which could change. Yeah, I mean that they could almost you could almost break even on those two things if if pitchers aren't able to throw as good as stuff. But I'm interested to see how that plays out because I mean I think it's pretty obvious Bauer used pine tar last year for the first time because the spin rate jumped like 400 and something RPM mm-hmm. goes out and wins a Cy Young so. I mean, you could see some, you could see a lot more offense, honestly, if pitchers can't spin the ball like they've been used to. Uh, for this, for the spring, Ronald Acuna, this is interesting. He's hitting, he's hitting 162 with a 244 OBP. He's six for 37. 
but he has a 514 slugging percentage because four of his six hits have been home runs. <laughs> yeah. Get this. The guy's last four hits have been home runs. He's He homered in four four times in six game, in a six-game span. It's like we said last year about Freddie. If Acuna didn't get another hit between now and opening day, I wouldn't be the least bit concerned about him. The only no. thing that matters is he's healthy, and he's healthy. No, I mean, if he went, if he was over on the spring and struck out every at bat, you might worry. But right, anything. If I mean, he's hitting four home runs in his last however many hits. It's you don't worry about guys like that. He's going to be who he is, and he's crushing them. Um, like we said, all that matters with him is health, mm-hmm. and he's healthy. He'll rake when the lights come on for real. It's like it's like Snit said of Ozuna, when that thing gets real, so will he. Uh, the same thing applies to Acuna and to Freddie, who's had nothing, who's done nothing this spring either. No, no concern about those are the three guys that, if they do nothing in the spring, you're not the least bit worried about. Maybe if Dansby struggles in all spring, you're okay. Eh, okay, what's he? How's he going to get off to start? But those three guys, to me, you know, nothing. You're not worried. Pache, I would like to see him do more this spring. He's looking like you know, it lowers your expectations coming out of the gate. But the thing is, they don't have a better option. It's like, is Ender a better option? No. And Pache's looked, his at-bats have looked better than his line does. And he's had yeah. a couple of hits lately. So I still think I'm going with him because you're not going with him on the bench on the opening day roster, you know? Mm-hmm. If he's on the he's team, he's there. playing. So yeah. I fully expect he'll be in the op- opening day center fielder still. Maybe in a week I change my mind, but that's how I feel right now for sure. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Some news this week. Again, nothing we didn't expect, but Max Fried is the opening day starter. It was officially announced on Thursday. I mean, the only other option at all would have been Charlie Morton. Charlie, yeah. Because of his veteran status, what he's done the last four years. He was the opening day starter for Tampa Bay last year. But I thought all that was over. And, and if Freed had not been terrific last year, you know, if he had yeah. just been the best pitcher on the Braves team, that'd be one thing. But he was terrific last year. Finished fifth in Cy. First team all MLB, which Charlie didn't even do last year. And what he did for the Braves last year, and Snitker confirmed this, what he did for the Braves earned him this spot. I mean, you had to give it to him. Yeah. Well, those are two things you kind of weigh is experience and somebody who's done a lot like Charlie or or what Free did for the team last year. And I think you give it to the guy that that was here and did it. Because he saved their asses. I mean, if he doesn't yeah. step up and become the ace, you know, and what he was doing even before Soroka got hurt, it would have been interesting if Soroka had not got hurt. I think the two of them would have both been, you know, Cy Young candidates last year. But so it's going to be, I, I, I'm curious to see how Freed comes out of the gate this year because it's not a given that when Soroka joins this rotation that he's going to be, you know, the the best pitcher on the team. I, he, he might be the third best behind yeah. behind uh, Freed and, Soroka and, and uh, Charlie this year. And 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 behind Ian Anderson, yeah. If Ian pitches like he did last year, Soroka at least initially he might be the number four guy on this team. If he's better than Smiley, (laughs) 
What? I mean, that's a good problem to have. Some it's problem. a good problem to have. Yeah. I think, you know, you'd think that it would keep it from rushing them, rushing Soroka back to having this much depth. But yeah, AA said maybe middle of the month or what do you say recently? Al- Alex said on a broadcast on Fox Sports broadcast a week ago, week and a half ago, mid-April. He said he's getting real close. <laughs> and Alex isn't the type that's going to throw that out there if it's not, if he doesn't think it's it's good chance of it happening. So when he says mid-April, I'm thinking no later than late April. But if he said mid-April, there's a real chance it could be. He's already pitching like three, at least three, maybe four sim games and gotten better and better covering first base like you wouldn't even know if you didn't know that he'd been hurt. You would not know by looking at him that he's had a problem with it. So, But still hadn't hit and sprinted <laughs> out of the box. Me. Yeah, Hadn't sprinted out of the box as far as I know. So that's uh, that's kind of the last step, the progression. Uh, maybe just tell him, you know, take it easy. If you hit a ground ball in the hole, just let him throw you out, you know. And I mean, I it, think they will, right? I think tell he's mature that. enough. Yeah, he's mature enough to to kind of guard it and be aware that that maybe it's not 100% yet. But I mean, if they're even thinking about throwing him out, him out there, he's got to be pretty damn close. You know, he's got to be looking pretty good because that, yeah. that's he so did. much risk. His value is so high. Yeah, they wouldn't do it if there was any risk. I mean, if it was an arm injury, it's different. But uh, I think with a young guy like him, once that Achilles is healed, I don't think there's any risk of it snapping. And I'm sure the doctors have made it clear to them. Because if there <laughs> was any risk, they wouldn't do it. With the depth they have, they'd have no reason to do that, risk it. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty confident they, they know what the hell they're doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a good sign they're even talking about it. And, you know, I kind of scoffed at somebody when they said, you know, just tell him to keep the bat on his shoulder when he goes up to – and I'm like, okay, what if the opposing team wants to be a dick and just put him on base and say he's intentionally walked? What do you do then? Well, even then you could have him say, well, just don't just run over the bases. Yeah. yeah. If they want to give you the base, then it get, then it puts a guy on in case Acuna hits a home run. Then you got a yeah. two-run homer instead of a one. So Yeah. Acuna you know. would catch him on the bases quick too. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. The triple in the gap and he stops at third. Cunha would pick him up and carry him. To- <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I talked to Tom Glavin yesterday after they made it official on uh, Max Freed being an opening day starter. Because Tom, I've talked to Tom in the past about Max. He's always had a, you know, an affinity for Max being a left-hander, watching Max develop over the years, come back from Tommy John and really become a pitcher. And uh, Tom's not the kind of guy at all to throw around praise. He doesn't do it, you know. Uh, until guys earn it, he's just not one of those guys. And he had some good things to say about Max Freed. This is, uh, you know, a Braves icon, Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, won 244 of his 305 wins, came with the Braves, 17 seasons here. So I called him yesterday and asked him, and he was talking about Freed, and here's what he said. He said he's, he's fun to watch. Uh it's a little special for me because he's a lefty and I like watching lefties, but I feel like his progression as a pitcher has been fun to watch. Obviously he's got great stuff, but stuff's only going to get you so far as we see with a lot of guys. To me, he's really learned how to pitch. And I thought when he said, as we've seen with a lot of guys, he's probably talking about a couple of recent Braves with great stuff. Yeah. Those yeah. kind of flamed out and are now pitching elsewhere are not in the rotation. Um, He said, he said of uh, Max, uh, Max, Max, uh, Snit told Max yesterday in the morning. Snit knew the day before, Wednesday, but he got so caught up in doing a bunch of other stuff that he ran. He got to uh, Snit was got to Bradenton for the game and he realized shit. I forgot to tell to tell Max, and he didn't want to just call him, so he waited till the next day to tell him in person in the morning. Uh, 
And Max was overwhelmed. You know, he's excited. He said, you know, it's something that you dream about, something you work for. And to actually have him walk up to me this morning and tell me it was pretty special. So he immediately texted all his family and everything. Um, you know, it's crazy, man. When you think about Harvard Westlake High School has three teammates from the same team are going to be opening day starters this year. That I mean, That's insane. With Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito, and Max Fried are all going to start opening day, and they pitched on the same team one year. Flaherty was two years behind him, was with him one year. And Giolito got hurt early in the year, hurt his arm. So they didn't even win a state championship. <laughs> <laughs> but you got, but to even have three pitchers, right, to re on the major leagues at the same time from the same team is crazy. But to have three opening day starters. That's insane. <laughs> you have to wonder, like, you know, was it something they were learning at that high school or just pure chance that those three talented dudes were, you know, in the same area at the same time? But well, Max I mean, three school, major leaguers in, in general would be yeah. crazy. Max and, and their catcher is is uh, I found out yesterday is a farmhand now with the Pirates coming up too the catcher. <laughs> um, but Max though he transferred to that school because his school dropped baseball, so he had to go somewhere senior year. Well, he's friends with Giolito from summer ball, whatever. So he's like, come here, I'm like okay. So that's he why he's from baseball. Santa Monica. Okay, that's so why. he transferred at least. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. So it would have been crazy if they all are like in a public school from the same from the same neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like, what's in the water out there, man? Yeah. Uh, so last year we know what Freed did, and now he's kind of parlayed that. He's first team all in MLB. You got to wonder when the Braves are going to try to to sign this guy to an extension, man. Because if if you wait any longer, it's it's then it's not even worth it for him. You know, he's going to be so much closer to free agency. He's been through Tommy John. Um, you know, if you have offered him some security right now, I think he would take it. I, I, you know, I'm just, if I'm the Braves, I get on it a little earlier. Maybe they've tried. Maybe that's why it's not done. You know, but Alex hasn't even said, if I'm him, I'm like, yeah, we've tried. I'd, I'd let it be known you tried because if you haven't tried, he's not yeah. a guy you let get away. You know, you build around these three guys you've got right now, these young guys. So he just went to Arv for the first time. Who's his agent? Oh, CAA Sports. He doesn't have Boris. He's had some injuries. Uh, yeah. You got to think, I mean, especially, you know, after you go through Tommy John, you know, it, it, you could be, especially if he has number two, I mean, it, it, it could be the, yeah. a wrap, you know, for your career. So. At age 27. Yeah, you got to figure he'd be pretty willing to take a discount for that security and, and kind of cash in in a sense. Yeah, and he's twenty four. I mean, he's not he's not twenty four. He's twenty seven. So if I yeah. if, if I'm him and they offer me five years, you know, with a nice, you know, I, I'm throwing numbers out there. What fifteen mil a year for five years? Give him sixty five, seventy. That'd be I, tough to turn down. I'd take it if I'm him. You know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> As a pitcher, yeah. If he's thirty years old and has a second TJ, God forbid. I'm not. I don't want to be cursing him or anything. But man, and if I'm the Braves. Even if you've got guys coming up, we've seen how many of those flame out. And we know what this guy's about mentally. Tough as nails, smart, and works his ass off. Like Ian Anderson and Soroka. These are the rare guys that are both extremely talented and gifted, but also really cerebral and work really hard. You got, you got, those are the guys you want being your bell cows, man. Like the big three back in the day. I'm not saying they're going to be yeah. Hall of Famers. I'm just saying they're the ones that you want your young guys coming up and seeing and modeling themselves after. 
control guys. They don't try to just blow it by people. They're pitchers, pitchers. They work hard to get the most out of their talent. I'm I'm trying to lock all those three guys up, man, especially Ian yeah. Anderson right now. Well, you got some house money, too, having basically yes. stolen Acuna and Ozzy. You know, I mean, I feel like you can kind of take a chance and afford to take a chance on two of them. And if only one pans out, you know, you, you're in great shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got guys coming up like Mueller and Tucker. But those aren't sure things. And these three guys right now with good health, they are sure things. They are here. They are major league studs. And they're still young. Two of them are 23, 24 years old. Yeah. I'm all over that, man. I'm trying to get these guys locked up. Your rotation. Then you can just like, we can focus on everything else. We got Acuna, Ozzy locked up. We got the three guys in the rotation locked up. You're going to have Freddie locked up. Then you can focus on those, and you don't even have to have a huge payroll. You can spend that money on those other areas. I'd get Dansby locked up too, but I think he's probably, I don't know. I can only imagine he wants a little more than they're comfortable with because otherwise you would have already locked him up too, I think, after last year. Yeah, he's pretty invested in Atlanta, though, too. He really is. you got to figure that's a factor. But he's also the kind of guy that can fit in anywhere, you know, and be popular anywhere he goes, too. It's hard, man. It's a smart guy. No, yeah, he'll fit in. Yeah. (laughs) It's a tough choice to make, though. You know, I mean, you have to think about the players after you. That's what the union always wants you to do. But then you're looking at if you're Soroka, your Achilles blew out. If you're freed, you've already had Tommy John. You know, you got to. Nobody sends you a check when you when you turn down a deal and then you get hurt. There's no <laughs> bonus right. for for playing it tough for the players in front of you. So from from the from the Braves perspective, uh, Dansby, you could look at Dansby and say really good player uh, last year. Great was a close to a great player, but that's a sixty game season. That they still haven't seen him do it for 162 without getting hurt, without taking dips and all that. So I could see maybe that from their perspective, and they might say, hey, maybe we go bigger at shortstop. But if he has a big year, it's going to be too late, I think, to get him long-term because he's going to be too close to free agency. Is it, Will he have five years after this year? Yeah. So he'd be a year away? I think I think he's got he's going to have five years of service, isn't he? It, maybe it's four, four plus. I have to look it up. 17, 18, 19, 20. No, he's, got, he's going to have five. That'd be – yeah, that's, that's when guys say, you know, I just got to do it one more season and I'm looking at a huge deal. You know, the, the discount territories right now. And he's the kind of guy that – uh, he's getting better and better, and he's really confident in himself, you know, fully mm-hmm. believes in himself. Let's see. He's got four. Yeah, four plus 47. So yeah, he's going to have over five. Yeah. You're right. So it's either do it now and during or during the season. Or he's gone. Probably so. Or you could compete for him, but you'd let him get out in the open market. There's going to be a lot of lot of people, you know, trying to get him because – yeah. You know, if he's been even if he's been inconsistent with his offense, his defense is always pretty damn good, yep. and he always has good at bats. You know, he Great always seems guy, like a team guy. Yeah, been a clutch guy. Yeah. Even when he was down, he was still a clutch guy. Getting big hits, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be nice to have that money too. And another guy, Pache, you're gonna you're gonna want to probably sign him long term, unless he just falls on his face. But I don't see that happening. He's the kind of guy you want to sign long term, like Acuna and Ozzy, to those big long deals. Uh, <laughs> then you're gonna have you know you already got Azuna locked up. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at a team that should be that could have could be set for the next five or six years with a payroll still in the middle or slightly, even slightly below or above. But you're not going to have spend, a lot higher than that too. You're not going to have to spend two hundred, two hundred fifty million yeah. like those other. You could throw that means you could throw good money at your rotation at the lower end of it and the bullpen to make sure you're always stocked in those areas. Man, it's a great spot to be in and depth bench. 
throw some money at a bench guy next year, you know? Yeah. Don't have those. That's what the Dodgers have. Bench guys making money. <laughs> they got bench guys making money in AAA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Snit, yeah, said, said Freed had earned this with his work last year for sure. Um, I, I just with Glavin, I asked him about having three guys now that the that the Braves have with Soroka, Freed, and Anderson, and you know for the long term because obviously they got Charlie Morton for this year, and Charlie's going to be great this year, or he could be. They're expecting him to be. But Glav was talking about what a luxury this is and how important it is to have those three guys for the long term. And uh, first of all, he was talking about Freed. He said. He's learned how to locate his fastball and pitch off of that. His curveball has always been really good, and he's developed a good little changeup. And like I say, he's learned how to pitch off his fastball, making those other two pitches a whole lot more effective and really has established himself as an ace-type pitcher. Uh, Glav went on to say, I think with him and Soroka, you can kind of go 1A, 1B, which is a nice thing to be able to do. Anytime you've elevated yourself to a guy who, when it's your night to pitch, your team expects to win, you're doing something. Uh, I'm trying to think of a team that had, I guess, DeGrom, Harvey, and uh, Syndergaard's pretty comparable. But yeah, Syndergaard's always hurt. This, yeah, yeah. Three guys this young, though, and that good of a staff. I mean, they they rode those guys to a World Series with with half the offense the Braves have. Mm-hmm. Braves were, and speaking of, because uh, Freed has said many times that the most important stat to him is did his team win the game. I know it sounds old school and maybe people sound, think it sounds silly, but he's not talking about did he get the win, did the team win. Well, they were 10 and 1 in his regular season starts last year, 3 and 1 in his postseason starts. And in 2019, they were 22 and 8 in his starts. That's 35 and 9 in his 44 starts over the last two years, Freed starts. <laughs> That's pretty good. 35 and 9. Yeah. And Glass said, like I said, when you're going into the ballpark and all your teammates know you're on the mound that night and they expect to win, that's a nice place to be. He said, in this day and age of everybody trying to figure out what defines a good pitcher, maybe wins or matter, maybe they don't, maybe this, maybe that. At the end of the day, if every time you go out there, the end result for your team is a good one, the more times than not you're doing your job, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think, you know, wins and whatnot is it's an an old school way, of, you know, maybe analytically of, of looking at it, but I don't I don't think I've talked to a starting pitcher that doesn't look at it as I want to give my team a chance to win today. Right. You know, right. that's never changed. And that should be your goal every time you show up to the park. Because it means you probably, unless you have a phenomenal comeback offense, you know, fluky thing more often than not, it means you left your team in a good position when you left mm-hmm. the game. They were either ahead or the game was tied. You know, if you're getting the win, if your team is winning or they were really close. Yeah. Every time. So, so you got Freed who just turned 27 in January. He's older than people think because he has missed two full years with Tommy John, but he's only got like 300 and some innings pitched in the, in the majors. Yeah. So that arm should be fresh as long as it stays healthy. Uh, but you got him, 27. You got Soroka is 23, and Ian Anderson is 22. <laughs> so I said to, to Glav, I think this is the bet. The rotation is in the best long term position it's been in since the days of the big three. With, you know, when Glav and, and Maddox and Smoltz were in their heyday years and years together. Uh, and Glav said, uh, it sure does. Anytime you can have two guys at the top of your rotation, you can count on it's a luxury. If you can have three, it's huge. He said, I don't want to start making comparison because I don't think that's fair. But I think a general comparison being when you have three guys at the top of your rotation that are like that over the course of 162 games, it's going to give you an advantage because most teams can't match you. They can't match you that deep. 
So that's where you start making up a lot of ground or winning a lot of games on other teams as you got as you get to their three, four, and five starters. He said, and I can assure you, much like in our day, nobody's going to come into a three-game series against Freed, Soroka, and Ian Anderson feeling good about it. They know they're mm-hmm. going to be in for a battle. And it's three different, you know, approaches. You're not you're not throwing yes. three straight guys throwing 98 or three straight left-handers. You got Anderson kind of throwing the invisible and, and the curveball off of that. Soroka's sinker slider and Freed's left-handed throwing 96. You know, it's it's three different attacks, and and that that's what makes it really hard for teams. And this year it's going to be five different attacks when you <laughs> yeah. add what Charlie, Charlie does and then yeah. Smiley. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, man, to see what happens this year. But, yeah, I like those different approaches instead of just having like three right-handed power guys or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about uh, earlier Jacob Webb got optioned. Uh, Kyle Wright and Jacob Webb both got optioned on Wednesday, but they got optioned for entirely different reasons. Kyle Wright got optioned because – Bryce Wilson has pitched better this this uh, spring, yeah. clearly, and he's won the number five starters job. Kyle struggled. He's still got the still got those one inning what goes sideways on him. He walks a couple of guys, gives up a hit, and that's just that. Snit hates that. Braves hate that. Those walks, they hate those crooked number innings. Bryce Wilson looks like he really turned a corner last year with the late season start against the Marlins, where they won the division. But then, most importantly, that start in Game Four of the NLCS when he outpitched Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he was great that night. And this spring, he's looked like that guy, not dominant, but doesn't walk guys. It's solid. Just goes out there inning after inning. He's learned how learned to stay within himself, to use a cliche. And he keeps and attacking, pitching, pitching to his strengths. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's I mean, a nice, he's, reliable guy. Yeah, and he's riding that confidence from last year. You know, I mean, when you do something like that, you go up against Kershaw in the playoffs. All of a sudden, spring training is not so intimidating. Yeah, where when you're first coming up and and you're kind of the new guy and you haven't been in the league before, um, I mean I remember the, the his reputation was a bulldog and then he came up firing strikes and got hit around a few yeah. times. You know that that can hurt your confidence, but all of a sudden you do it against the Dodgers in the playoffs and and he's now he's riding that confidence and this is kind of what I expected him to do. And there's a difference between guys telling you your stuff's good enough, trust your stuff, and seeing but it. then you actually do it against the Dodgers yeah. and on the big stage and your stuff works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're not facing a tougher lineup, a more focused lineup at any time than that. And once you succeed on that stage, now, you know, the, the regular season teams, spring training, all that stuff, just now you can go to work and be confident. How much did it impress you when he gave up that solo homer in that game? What was it? Third inning and then nothing else the rest of his six innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I think that's what Wright struggles with. You know, it seems like once he starts getting hit, you know, he, he starts questioning himself and, and doesn't stay as aggressive. He starts throwing more sliders and stuff. And mm-hmm. that was the difference for Wilson. He gave up the homer and then just came right back at the next guy firing strikes. And that's probably the hardest thing to do as a pitcher is, is you know, not get gun shy after you get hit hard a few times. So Bryce Wilson will not pitch until the second time through the rotation because Snit said today, uh, we're doing this on Friday, Snit said, they're going to go with a bullpen game for that. The first time they would need a game a fifth starter is the sixth game of the season because there's an off day after opening day. So they wouldn't need a fifth till the sixth game, seventh day of the season. And they're going to go bullpen with that because then there's another off day before the home opener. Well, he's got to pitch in that bullpen game at least then, you know, get some work. Well, well yeah, it's too close. Yeah, they have that option thing where if you're option down, you can't come back to a certain date and all that. So they've got the guys, though, in the pen that can do that, depending on who, how they want to do it. But they could get a couple of innings out of Tomlin. Uh, you know who I'm thinking? A.J. Mentor. 
Look what he did yeah. in the LCS. He went three innings against the Dodgers. That were, yeah. he could If he just gives you two, gets you off, gets the thing going, then you're fine to get through that thing. Depends on who else makes the, the bullpen on those final spots. If it was a guy like Enoa, which I don't think it's going to be, but then you'd be fine, but I don't think it's going to be a guy like him. Um, anyway, they're going to wait till the second time through. Should give Bryce, the number five starter, one or two starts at least before uh, Soroka comes back. And then barring injuries or whatever, <laughs> yeah, Bryce will be the guy that drops down, I'm sure, and keeps pitching down at the alternate site and then AAA when they start their season. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, he was the most reliable guy over the spring over right, Huascar Inoa and Tuki, who had some real brilliant moments this spring. I mean, where, again, you saw the flashes. And we love both like Inoa, what he did last year. Yeah. He's had – he just had a couple of bad innings this spring, but otherwise he was dominant. And then Tukey had a couple of outings where he was like, okay, he looks like first rounder there, you know, looks mm-hmm. like he still could be a stud. I wouldn't, I'd be surprised. Like they're starting Newcomb today on Friday. To me, it's like, I think they might be showcasing him for somebody that's interested in trade for him. I would see them trading a guy like a Newcomb in a heartbeat, but I'd still be a little surprised if they trade Tukey just because I think he still might be good, you know, might be really good. But you can't hold on to them all, obviously, but you can for this year when he's still got options if you want to do that. Wait till you know, to trade him if you want. I think a need would have to arise because if when you look at the lineup, there's not you know, you'd be giving up a lot if you give up on Tukey yeah. right now. Something would an injury would have to happen, you'd have to have a hole to fill before you think about trading him. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't do that for a bench piece, you know? No, no. You can always do it in the offseason. You can always do it at the end of the year when people are desperate if you if you are comfortable with where you are. But, yeah, I think t- just watching Tukey and a couple of those outings, you're like, man, he still looks like he could be, you know, no worse than a back-end, really good back-end starter. No worse. But, that's why, you know, that's why I keep saying that I, I think it's tough for him that he's not with a worse team. Yeah. Because there's a lot of teams that would just focus on everything he'd done this year and, and uh, he had a couple bad innings here and there. And give him a shot. But as stacked as the Braves rotation is, he would have to make this team, he would have had to have the best spring of his life. Yeah. You know, with with the track record and what, what Wilson done in the past and, and overstepping right after he had some good starts last year. Um, he he almost needs to be in an organization that that has like two or three spots open and just gives him a shot to to work through those outings at the major league level. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's the problem. I mean, for if you're for your guy like him, you're not a guy like Tom Glavin who came up and they let you ride for a whole season with a five ERA or whatever it was. You know, two, if Tukey had a whole season, they could pitch with a five ERA. He, he would learn tons, but the he, he'd can't probably do that. finish what? it. You know, like the second half might have a two nine or something yeah. you know, and, and really learn. But it's a tough spot to be in where every time you struggle, you're going back to triple A. You know, it's a it's a lot of added pressure. Yeah. Jacob Webb. You love him. I love him. The guy's going to be good, really good. He's good right now, and he's pitched yeah. well enough this spring to earn a job. To Snit's credit, he didn't even try to sugarcoat it. He said he got to sit down because he's got options left. We got guys that don't have options. They're trying to look at the depth over the whole season. They didn't want to lose a guy who's out of options, whether that's Grant Dayton, Lucas, uh, you know, Luke Jackson, uh, Nate Jones, the guy, the non-roster invitee that they're probably they're going to put on the roster. From what I'm told, he's going to be announced today. He's another guy out of options. He pitched great this spring. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. I know it pisses off people because they think Jacob Webb, he doesn't deserve this, but you got that's the way the rules of the game are. And if you're trying to have depth over the season, you send the guys down 
who have options because you can call them up anytime. Somebody else gets hurt, somebody struggling or whatever, but you got you can't send these other guys down without losing them to waivers to another team because there's a lot of teams right now looking for arms. And if a guy like Grant Dayton hit the hit the waiver wire, he's gone because he had a good year last year, Grant Dayton did. Yeah. And Luke had a great year two years ago. People forget. I know they get sick of me saying it and us talking about him, but he's got a great slider and he's pitched well this spring. And somebody yeah. take him. So yeah, if you're going to try to sneak somebody through, you do it the first couple of days of the season when everybody's filled their roster out, you know, exactly for Webb, man, that sucks. He'll uh, be up. Yeah. You, you gotta just, when you're in that position, you have to, it's not easy because it, it, it's frustrating, especially when you had a good spring, but the challenge is just to stay positive and be patient and know you're part of the big plan. And, mm-hmm. and I think Snit kind of being out, I'm sure Snit, when he talked to him in the office, just told him like, look, yeah, this yeah. is just a tough break. You just got to wear this and, and stay ready. You're going to be up this year at some point. You know, doesn't make it any easier going down to AAA when you know you're ready for the big leagues. But it's that's just that's the way it works. It's stay positive. But if you're in that spot and they tell you, dude, just to make this clear, you pitch well enough to be on the team and you be one of our guys and you're going to be one of our guys. But we have to send you down right now because we don't want to lose these guys. If you're that guy, that makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Or at least you go, I'm still in the plans, obviously. This doesn't mean anything other than it's options. It just depends on the maturity you know, right. of the guy to be able to see that big picture because a lot of guys will think they're getting screwed over and sulk, and they'll go down to AAA and act too good for it, and then you start getting hit around, and you kind of spiral into this you know, tough situation for yourself. Um, it's yeah, it's just a maturity thing. You know, if, if you're able to look at it and understand you're coming back up, it's it's not that hard to swallow. But you'd be shocked how many guys could be told that and still be pissed off and think they're getting screwed over and, and wind up kind of digging themselves in a hole down there with their behavior. Well, he is really mature. And I think it yeah. I think it really helps when you come from where he came from, as opposed to being a draft, a high draft pick or a major college power guy. This is yeah. a guy who went to Riverside Poly High School and Tabor College in Hillsborough, Kansas. So, and he was a 18th round pick by the Braves in 2014. So I think those guys appreciate it more and don't feel entitled yeah. or don't, you know, argue about options and all that than, than a high draft pick might. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. If when it's all about you and you're the prospect and all the stories about you, you know, it's a lot easier to get away with that stuff. But yeah. He he seems pretty tough up top, like he can handle it. You know, it's just it's a tough break. You just got to wear it. God, yeah. When I look at his stats, I have to look at him twice, dude, to 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 think. Good lord, is that, am I reading that right? He's made forty four regular season appearances. He's got a one point oh six ERA. <laughs> yeah, there's no business going to AAA. I mean, he's just I mean, he's not getting screwed by the team. He's getting screwed by the system. You who, know. Yeah, good way of putting it. Who starts their yeah. career like that though? 1.06 ERA and 44 relief appearances. Kimbrel, <laughs> I yeah. mean, those yeah, are, those are the type of numbers you're looking at. You know, Johnny Venters. Right, right. I didn't start like that. I started with a 20. <laughs> so you know, he has had the shoulder impingement or the elbow impingement. I'm sorry, and he had to have surgery on that. So in the past, so this is a good way of easing him in the full load of a full season, which he has not done yet. So that that could be the only plus from it. You know, if there is one. You can monitor them a lot easier this way. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to look I mean, at the positives here, man. There's you just you gotta got wear screwed. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a tough break. Uh, <laughs> you just hope he can handle it mentally, you know. Yeah, he will. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Drew Smiley, I said he had uh, he had a really rough outing where they were rolling innings and everything. A couple like a week and a half ago, 
He came back Thursday against the Rays, gave up one hit, one walk with six strikeouts and five scoreless innings. Marcelo Zuna had a two-run home run in that game off a former Brave, Chaz Rowe. He of the slider. Hung it, huh? I bet he hung it inside. I didn't see it, but Ozuna, oh, he man, he's he's looking, he he's ready. And like I said, we're not worried about him. Uh Snit said smiley, asked him he did everything you'd hope to see, and he said, and then some. We sent him back out from the fifth just for one more up, just to get him out there, you know, another inning. And he ended up having that nice clean inning. I thought his stuff was really good, efficient. Uh, it was good. I got to say, he said he, he watched him behind a screen one of the sim games the other day, the last extended one, and he said, and just to see his pitches, he was like, really good. He said he was, and he was hitting everything yesterday, every spot, and throwing all his pitches. So he looks ready. Carl Edwards Jr., a guy we talked about some, possibly making a team, he opted out because they told him he's not going to make the roster. So he opted out of his minor league deal this week. He's a former Cub. He had a 1.08 ERA in eight appearances this spring, but that's a little deceiving because he had the third highest whip on the team of 25 guys who pitched. He had a 1.56 whip. He gave up seven hits, one run, six walks with eight strikeouts and eight in the third innings. Those walks just raise a red flag because the Braves don't want to yeah. see walks out of the bullpen. Six walks in eight innings. Yeah, that was his problem with the yeah. Cubs too. Kind of loses it when it when it, when he walks somebody. Sometimes mentally he loses it and starts to. And it's just that that was what ended his run with the Cubs. You know, it was really good for them for a few years. Had an injury, and never was the same after. Had a few injuries, but did they offer him the hundred? Uh, no, no, they didn't even offer it because if they would have, he'd, they would have kept him. Well, it's his choice though. Uh, I don't think they offered it him because he opted okay. out even before that date, that deadline. I think they told him you're not going to be on the roster. But and you're not getting the hundred. Ahira Adrian Ahir. I'm going to pronounce that right. It's not Ahira, even though it's spelled that way. It's Ara. Ara. I think is what he told me, and I asked him how you spell. I think it's Ara. Ara. Basically, Adrianza. Adrianza has done everything he could possibly <laughs> do to win a, bull, uh, a bench spot on this team. I mean, this guy just keeps hitting. Played good defense at multiple positions. He had another hit Thursday, eighth inning single. He's hitting 433 with a 1307 OPS. He had three for three game a while back, hit his second homer. I'll be shocked if he's not on the team. Solid, yeah. solid bench guy, a multi position utility guy, veteran guy. I think that's a good, that's going to end up being a big signing in this offseason on a really under the radar, off the radar deal. Uh, Contreras, two run opposite field double yesterday. I think he's your backup catcher to start the season. You know, some people were like, ah, but don't you want him playing every day? Well, there's nowhere to play every day to start the season. So that's kind of neither here nor there because AAA season's not starting yet. There's no minor league games going on yet because minor league camp just starts after the major league camp ends. So he would be down at there playing sim games and everything. So no reason not to have him as your opening day backup catcher because he's outplayed Jackson. Jackson's hit well lately. Looked better or looked hit a little better, but looked better at the plate. But he's still nowhere near Contreras, as far as I'm concerned, offensively. Contreras hit 267 with a 983 OPS and six ribbies in 20 plate appearances this spring. And a big one to me, he's had almost as many walks, five, as he's had strikeouts, six. This guy to me, op- with the opposite field power and the approach, I-, I like him. And he's got a good arm, too. Both him and Jackson got good arm behind the plate. Uh, I don't know how about communications. Uh, you know, I'm not a pitcher, so I don't know, but I think it's gotten a lot better. I think that's a nice little backup, and he's could be your future catcher if he has a good year. Got to see. You got to see what he does. Yeah, when you 
you know, mentioned not you know getting him his his at bats and innings and having him play, but you you're a major league team trying to win. If there's not a better option, that kind of goes to the wayside too. Yeah, you know, I mean, if 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 you were wanting him to play every day and, and Jackson was raking and you saw him as a a, a bigger long term piece, maybe you play it that way. But if he's the best option, you got to take him. You know, you you don't you don't prioritize a guy's long term career over winning now. Yeah. I think, and I think, not uh, for this team. And you need to decide because I think with Langoliers, Shea Langoliers coming up, you know, uh, who's terrific defensively and is starting to hit some. You could have a, a nice little combination there if you wanted to platoon him early, or if, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out. It just depends. Well, he's going to have to get used to backing up anyway. Is what you're saying? Yeah, he could. Yeah, you know, because you know, once Langoliers gets here, he's going to be a, like a primary guy with that defense yeah. if he can just hit. But he's got to hit first. So, but one of those two guys probably is going to be your guy going forward. I would think so. Uh, I asked Ned about Contreras, this, you know, that's that opposite field power. How much does that impress you? And he said, the kid's maturing and he's come a long way. He's got skills. He's maturing. He's getting better. He said, he's impressed. He impressed me last year with what he did when he and uh, Jackson started the year as the catchers when Flowers and Darno were both sick in that first road trip. He said, he impressed me last year with what he did and where he'd come from. I had just seen him in spring trainings. And then last year in the second summer camp, he was pressed into service that first week of the season, and I thought he handled himself really well. He just He's just going to continue to mature and get better with experience because his skill set is too good to not get better. And playing that yeah. position, the more he does and the more years he gets behind him, the better he's going to be. Uh, speaking of bullpen pieces, Chris Martin, dude. Whew. He struck out all three guys he faced Thursday in the eighth inning. He's pitched in three Grapefruit League games, pitched in a lot of sim games and live BP, but his three Grapefruit games, he's retired all nine guys, struck out six of them. No walks. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, I think they go in with uh, Smith, with Will Smith as a primary closer, but I think Chris Martin's going to win the matchups are right, uh, you know, or, or, or whatever. I think Chris Martin's going to get some closing opportunities as well. Unless, unless, you know, Will Smith just comes out and he's perfect, right? Just dominant. But you don't need to pitch Will Smith three days in a row right off the, right off the bat at all when you got Chris Martin. Yeah. That's something that you just talk to your bullpen guys and, yeah. and kind of learn their character. Cause there's, I don't think there's as many anymore, but there used to be a lot of closers that would not, you know, their ego wouldn't let them accept throwing in the eighth inning when it fit them better or anything like that. They had to be the ninth inning guy, but. I don't think there's too many guys like that left. I think everybody's pretty open. You know, I don't. I don't see why you wouldn't if if you had three lefties coming up in the eighth, just have Smith handle it and and flip flop the two guys. But yeah, that's just knowing your pen and knowing their character, and you got to have guys that want to win. You know. Um, another guy we've we, we've talked about so much about his value that I think sometimes it's, it's values is is not quite understood on the field. Everybody knows Josh Tomlin how important he's been off the field. I mean. AJ Mentor credits him with turning his whole career around. Uh, and he's like a coach, a proverbial figurative coach on the field, uh, you know, second co- uh, bullpen coach. But his value on the field was exemplified, I thought, yesterday. Tyler Matzik yeah. had his first really rough outing of the spring, gave yeah. up a leadoff homer, walked the next two batters in the seventh inning, got, a, got one out, he got a fielder's choice. But that's when they brought Tomlin in. He got the last two outs of the inning without any damage. Gets the net, goes through perfect next, uh, or gets through uh, a double play in the next inning. Faced five batters, got five outs, two strikeouts. And then I asked Snit about it, and he goes, that's what he does right there. Exactly. In the course of the season, he can do that, get you to the next at bat, then be ready to go again tomorrow. 
Something we don't talk about a lot is, you know, when you when you struggle at, in in the pen and you wind up giving up a few base runners and somebody else comes in for you, mm-hmm. you can get out of there not feeling too bad about yourself if the guy behind you cleans it up. Yeah. But when it turns into a three or a four spot, I mean, that crushes your confidence. And you got to ride that, you know, now you have a four ERA or something like that. Yeah. That's the other side of Tomlin, not just saving saving innings, you know, and eating up innings and, and saving those situations. But what it does to the mentality of of a guy like Matzik if he gives up a three spot. Yeah. Um, and he seems to always come into those jams and, and, you know, maybe he's not perfect, but he at least contains it and minimizes the damage. You know, what that does for for guys mentality as a whole to never give up those runs they leave on base. I mean, that that could change your season. Yeah, and that's why I want, he's one of the certainties for the pen. I would think barring any late pickups, because there's a lot of moves being made around baseball with guys getting uh, cut loose, you know, with opt-outs and all that. But I think barring any late pickups, I expect the Braves pen to be Will Smith, Chris Martin, Tyler Matzik, A.J. Mentor, Josh Tomlin, Grant Dayton, Luke Jackson, and Nate Jones, the non-roster invitee who's pitched great this spring. They could add a ninth reliever, though, for that first uh, 10 days or whatever it is until they need a fifth starter. Or they could add an extra bench bat. Either way, they're going to go. I haven't indicated yet how they're doing that. But uh, just, I feel like if you were going to have a ninth reliever, though, it would be Webb. Yeah, but they already optioned him. Well, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you've used the option, so you can bring him back. Yeah. Back and forth yeah. if you want. But there's a few guys that could be. I mean, you could uh, you could keep – you know what you could do? You could keep Enoa or Tukey in the pen to start and then option yeah. them down after that first bullpen game. Yeah. And then you don't you could you just can't get them back for I think it's like ten or twenty days. Right, but you're not gonna need since like ten. That. You yeah. could have them you could have one of you them start that, that game if you wanted to. Yeah. Um last thing, Austin Riley. They put him in right field the other day against uh Pirates over in Bradenton. Cause Snit wants to see him in right. He's played there, he played there a couple of times actually last year, uh, or two years ago. Last year. And man, this guy, he's two hundred and forty pounds now, by the way, and he can run. And he looks fine in right field. It's not like you got Adam Dunn out there, you know. Yeah. You know, or he even moves better than like Klesko. I mean, this guy, this guy's not bad at all, and he can play right field. He's got a great arm. So he's a good arm. I think with uh, with only having four pure outfielders on the team, probably, you know, with Ender, I'm assuming he's the fourth outfielder. Uh, this is legit. There's a legit time where you could have him in right field because if Acuna's out of the lineup for any reason, or you move Acuna over to center one game or whatever, then you could have Adrianza or Camargo if he's on the team, or Lamb if he's on the team. One of those guys will be Lamb or Camargo. You could have them play third, and you could move Riley to right field and be fine. But Riley's in that game in right field, and he hits two bombs that day that he goes to right field. And I mean, did you see the replays of these? Uh Uh-uh. You know Bradenton, the batter's eye, McKechnie Field. He hit one over the batter's eye on a slider. The Brubaker. Yeah, he doesn't hit any cheap ones. <laughs> a slider. He he drove it over the batter's eye. And I asked, uh, I know Jimmy T, the PR guy there, it's been there for about 25 years. I asked him, how many balls have you seen hit over the batter's eye there? He goes, not more than a handful in 25 years in games. And then, same pitcher, the only, he only gave up three hits. That dude Brubaker did, did in five or six innings. The second time up, Riley hits another bomb just to the left of the batter's eye. Both of them were like 106, 107 miles an hour off the bat. I mean, they were crushed. The other one was a fastball right over the middle. I mean, it was like on a tee. But this guy's got a good arm too, Brobaker. You know, he's throwing mid-90s with a good slider. But Riley was all over it. So that was a good sign. Austin, a good sign for, for Austin Riley. 
I've never seen a ball hit harder than the one he hit off a of training in the playoffs oh last year. <laughs> yeah, he's hit some up a ton. Yeah, he had one of, there's no question. <laughs> one of City Field went a ton. Yeah, third deck. Yeah, but the one yeah. they talked about in minor leagues reminded me of the batter's eye in, in, in uh, Bradenton because he hit one in the minor leagues at Charlotte. They got a huge scoreboard in left center in Charlotte, and he mm-hmm. had one over that, and people were like, where did it land? I go, over the scoreboard. It was like th- they were saying that was a 500-footer. So, anyway, that's uh, we got one week left down here before spring training, and it's going to be interesting that we're going to know the roster here real soon. Uh, I like where the Braves are sitting. Most importantly, they got through the spring without knock on wood any major injuries, and that's always the most important thing because you see yeah. some of these major injuries around baseball, and they've avoided that with even minor guys. But last year, when you think about the pitching rotation, what was the stuff that was going on, starting with Cole Hamels, you know, before he even showed up to get through spring training so far. And I think they're really smart about it, too, using these guys and, you know, sim games, controlling everything for, for a lot of guys. Uh, they, they kind of babied some guys through this thing, get them to opening day. It's worked so far. I like where they're sitting, though. You know, with their depth, they need to do that. And it's worked so far. And, and uh you know, we haven't seen a ton of offense from them, but you're seeing more of it now when they're playing It'll the regular there. guys. And yeah. Snit said in the last four or five games, he's probably going to play his real lineup like most of the game all the way through. So that'll be a lot more representative sample. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I was going to bring up is when the guys are only getting two at-bats, that yeah. might be a day they wind up hitting a homer in their third at-bat and they don't take it. Right. You know? So that's, that's another reason why it's it's hard to worry about guys that, that aren't getting their four at-bats they're used to. You yeah. know, that How many times do you see a guy have a, a – couple rough at bats his first two and then win the game with a homer in the seventh right yeah yeah so it's just hard to gauge yeah they're playing they were getting like two or three at bats and getting them like every other day you know yeah yeah oh uh, i I just saw a quote i had written down that the pirates broadcaster on that because they were showed that game on mlb network the pirates broadcaster when riley hit that home run (laughs) because they were talking about the braves depth and how they were trying to do the same thing there we're building it here right when he said that riley hits that bomb and that guy goes (laughs) Oh, that's a grown man home run. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. That's a country sp- strong boy right there, Austin Riley. He's 6'3", 240, and he's got one of those bodies that's just like, it looks like he's been bailing some hay. You know, yeah. he's he's put together, and it's not like yeah. from a from the Nautilus machines. <laughs> no, he's just built like that. Yeah, with a big, big hips, you know, big legs. Yeah. He's, uh, he looks like... He carries 240 easily at 6'3". I mean, easily. Oh, uh, he's one of those guys that if he wanted to, he could get in the weight room and shoot up to 260 yeah. and be jacked. Yeah. You know, that that's just his frame. So, all right. That's it. We're out of here. We'll be back uh, back next week, and then we'll be going to two shows a week real soon. So, stay with us. Don't abandon us for Moilo's show. <laughs> <laughs> and I listen to both. You should listen he to both when Moilo starts his show. <laughs> They'll be complimentary. <laughs> Yeah. All right, 755 is real. We're out.